Hey everyone and welcome to An Essence Movement. I'm your host Paresh Nama. I started the show so I can bring to you the people that motivate and inspire me because I know success leaves clues. And with those clues we can ask ourselves better questions and find out who we are in essence. Today on the show I have a man who has helped change the landscape of small business in New Zealand through the COVID-19 pandemic. He's an entrepreneur, a creative, an innovator, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Had you met him as a kid and seen his upbringing, unfortunately, like many New Zealanders, no one would have predicted the impact he would go on to have. And it would have been fair to say his life should have been completely different. Growing up in state housing and being a cancer survivor, he understood life is hard, but through that, he miraculously built emotional agility, sensory acuity, intuition, self-awareness, and a high EQ. And with that, he birthed his latest brainchild, Manaki. Having lost $750,000 in 72 hours of Ford work, and with investors pulling out, and being left with only 90 days of financial runway prior to the first lockdown, he and his team got to work. Working around the clock, he and his partners gathered their Rolodexes and built a community of 189 advisors to develop this platform, which is a digital helping hand for small businesses to grab all within seven days from conception to go live a day before lockdown. A truly purpose-driven company built with love and compassion. He is a co-founder of Choice NZ, Indigo, and Manaki. He is Pat McPhee. Pat, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, brother. Thank you for being on the show, and thank you for uh, allowing me to come into your space and, uh, and film here. Uh, it's all good, man. I got a, a little bit of emotion when you were reading that <laughs> out. I was like, holy shit, that's true, man. I do um, hours and hours of, of, uh, of research into before I do any one of these um, interviews, and um, just the amount of times out loud, I was like, what? He did what? <laughs> and then he did that. It was, it's, a, it's an incredible, and it's a truly an honor to, to oh, be on thank the show. Thank you, bro. It's, a, it's just an honor to be here with you. I love the opportunity to um, just connect with good humans like you that are out there just trying to make a difference, yeah, and that's yeah. all we're trying to do. So um, we, we spoke a little bit before we, we hit record, and uh, we talked more about business then. I want to take it a little bit differently. I want to talk about Pat the person, the human being. Yeah. Um, and look, Pat, 2020 was a year of reflection for many people. Mm. Um, it gave them time to chance to slow down, reflect on what's truly important. And I'm sure with Manaki and everything that you've got going on, it's sort of been a whirlwind of just nonstop go, go, go for you from conception to today. Have you had the chance to slow down, reflect? And if so, what have you learned for yourself and for your business? Yeah, I haven't had the chance to reflect. No? No, not at all. Um, the cause and the fire that burns in all of us here um, compels us every day into just massive, consistent action. Mm. And the problem's not getting any smaller. Um, and so it means that we need to bring the same energy uh, and attitude and commitment and desire to every single day. So I haven't had the chance to genuinely reflect. Sometimes I, um, <laughs> I sit back for a second, and just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I I, like I know how we did it and I know how we got here yeah. um, but I, I've had the opportunity to see and have done things a lot of things in my life and have seen a, a lot of other people um, come and go and succeed and 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 then um, 
kind of disappear or have a gift and have a moment and, mm. and not leverage that. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like Eminem, man, this is our moment. So we got to, we, we lost, we lose ourselves in this moment. We're just, we just still go, go, go. Yeah. In those moments of <coughs> where, you, where you take a step back and, and say that to yourself, um, do you realize the impact that you've had? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not fully because like my life has like changed. I, I, like I went out over the Christmas period with a, with a group of friends and then like people were coming up to me and just going, oh, Manaki. Mm. And I was just out yeah. and I was like, holy crap, who, who, are, who are these people? Yeah, and yeah. like, oh man, thank you so much for what you guys have been doing. They're like, oh, awesome, yeah, that, it was really cool. Mm. But I was like, I'm kind of half pissed in this club. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder what I've been doing <laughs> and how I've been acting and I'm like holy crap and like so life has changed like that yeah. I remember I was just down at Orake Basin and um, I took some time uh, just to spend some time with my son towards the end of last year as he prepared for the Wakaama Nationals in Orake Basin I don't know if you know it but there's kind of like a walkway that goes mm -hmm. alongside yep, the waterway yep. so I'd ride up and down there on my bike and I'm just like yelling motivation motivation at my son while he's training yeah. and um this lady just walks up she goes oh manaki well i'm going like come on man pashara, pashara. and i'm like oh <laughs> yeah she goes ah oh, love what you guys are doing i was like oh okay and i just been kind of two seconds earlier kind of swear urging yeah, my son yeah, on yeah, yeah. and so i don't i really don't but i kind of do i don't know if i like so much of what we do is about metrics and understanding impact that we're having as a business but when people humans come up and acknowledge the work that you've done it's the best it, it, it it's it's it freaks me out though like yeah I, i'm a kind of an extroverted dude in my circle but but not out into the world like i'm kind of private out, out in the world so um I, I, look i'm not complaining because if we can take a moment to to to, to acknowledge those people acknowledging us and that helps somebody down the chain inside of what we do because mm. i gave that lady a thumbs up and she, she then jumps on the platform or directs one of her mates to the yeah, platform right. or wants to offer some advice or just goes out and pays that that um energy forward and just growing the communicating com community and perpetuating your your goal really yeah um what's the importance of being a purpose-driven company company first and then a purpose-driven individual if you can speak to that well, so much of the world is fucked. Yeah. And um, if you don't have a purpose that's greater than your bottom line, um, and there's, look, there's some companies that are in it for that, but you know, to tie that back to me, I've got to, to live for something greater than just money. Mm. And coming from the background that I've come from, which was just abject poverty, right? I like lived in a garage with a dirt floor the size of this corner now we're sitting in our studio it's freaking huge and it's, and it's beautiful as well i saw the office a little earlier and it's it's incredible what you've built here yeah and we'll c continue to do it but yeah. um this is not as a result of me trying to accumulate stuff this is a result of our company and our business being highly focused on helping small businesses to number one survive, then to get back on their feet 
and then to be able to, you know, for those on entrepreneurs, be able to self-actualize. Because when you get into business, you purposefully choose not to participate in the system that most people are participating mm -hmm. in. You choose to self-determine. And that's very personal. That's very personal. Not everybody wants to get rich, bro. Yeah. You know, that's, true. that's just because they want a degree of freedom in their life that the other thing doesn't offer. And so when that freedom, the ability to be able to feed, clothe, support your family is virtually extinguished, like that's a dark place because I've been there myself. It's a dark, dark place. Um, and I don't know, do you, you have children yourself? Yeah, I've got two. Well, can you imagine like someone just going, bro, I'm just... Your source of income, it's gone. Mm. I'm taking it away. You, you can't have it anymore. As a matter of fact, you're in debt now. Yeah. So you owe me. Yeah. And here's just like letters every day to remind you that you owe me. I'm gonna take you to court, I'm gonna do all this. Like that's bad, bro. That's really bad. And that's the reality that so many small businesses we're faced with. And it's only because I've been there and I can empathize with that, that we're compelled to go, nah, fuck, we ain't going out like that. Mm. If I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die like a, a hammerhead shark. <laughs> I'm not just gonna go out like just floating away like the old stingray as yeah. the old fakatoki goes, you know? And, and so that's what it was about. That was going, okay, we may die in the pursuit of this, but fuck, at least we go down trying to make a difference, trying to help ourselves, and then that maybe we can help some other people. Well, it turned out we helped hundreds of thousands of people, but we were never trying to build a platform to help hundreds of thousands of people. Mm. We just wanted some place where people could go get hope, then follow that up with practical advice, and then do something in their life to help them retain that special element of self-determination and actualization that they started business for in the first place. Yeah, that's that's so that's so incredible, and and I found myself holding my breath there because I was so engaged in what you were saying. And that you're an incredible human being. I just have to tell you that, oh, firstly. Right, right, right. Thank you, but um, but also, I when I when I think about you and, and the, the time I spend in researching you and just hearing you speak now, I can only think of you as an unreasonable man, and I'll explain. Uh, George George Bernard Shaw said, um, "The reasonable reasonable man adapts himself to the world." The unreasonable man persists in adapting the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. Yeah. Um, and to go from, um, you know, a three-bedroom state house with 15 people, 12 of those being kids, uh, you said, you know, you... Um, fighting over a box of wheat books, bro. Fighting over a box of wheat books. Um, you know, you said you saw Love people. my cousins, though. <laughs> Love my cousins. Yeah, but you would always fight them for the wheat bigs, though. We've got to fight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you said um, you saw, you, I mean, you, people on your street were getting shot, people on your street were dying. Um, and then having... And raped. And raped, and going on to have my what I can... fucking drowning. Yeah. Like, nobody, like, kids, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, and then years later, you go on to have an experience where... You, you bump into a friend by a chance oh, encounter, yes. right? Um, which, is, which is incredible. Um, and to a point where he was, you saw him, he was, he was living in poverty, he was dirty. He Worse was in poverty, bro. He so, was really bad. He was so drunk that he thought you were attacking him. What you want to do is- I thought I was going to beat him up. Which is incredible. So my question is, how does Little Patches from Hamilton go on to be um, Pat McPhee? Uh, yeah. Um, that's a that's a big question, bro. 
<laughs> That's a big question. I always um, quite emotional to talk about actually. Mm-hmm. But like my life has been a series of massive highs and deep, deep lows. And there's probably like a million good reasons that I should not be here right now. I probably should have taken my own life at some stage. Um, and not to make light of that, but the depth of darkness and despair that I felt in some of those places, I would be lying to say if that hasn't run across my mind mm-hmm, several, several times. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing that I've never um, lost a hold of was my imagination. Mm-hmm. And when you can have uh, possession of your mind and that one thing, you know, that creative spark, that creative spirit, at least that can offer you uh, a gateway or a window to escape through the reality of your surroundings. So I remember like when we moved to that neighborhood in, in Hamilton and Norrie Street, and I remember like looking up at a plane as it was flying by and for no reason and with no like experience in my life to ever indicate that I could own a plane, I'd be like, one day that plane will have my name on it. Mm. And I would see people on TV and I'd be like, one day I'm gonna um, know that person and they're gonna be my friend. And I never lost that for some reason, the ability to be able to dream. Um, and for so many young people, that gets crushed. You, you begin your life as a young person, as a creative genius, as somebody filled with dreams and aspirations. I can't tell you what the quality in me was that um, enabled me to hold on to that ability to be able to dream, um, but somehow I did. Uh, and that became a belief after a while because I used to dream so much, I started to believe in my dreams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's funny, it, they, they, and, and it, as I focused on them, I started thinking of ways that I could make them happen. And once I moved into the practical process of going, how could I do that? I kind of became obsessed with it. Mm. And I looked for clues in everything. So the first job that I had when I was just a youngster, 12, 13 years old, was um, washing dishes in the uh, Co. at Topol. And we have like three to 500 people coming through a night. And there's like a 12 year old by yourself? The only dishwasher wow. washing. There's like 200 plates, bro. <laughs> yeah. So the plate's got to go through three times yeah. the whole time for everybody yeah. to have a plate to eat on. Oh, yeah. But what that gave me was an extraordinary, extraordinary understanding of process. If the waitress doesn't take the order, bring it to the grill chef. Grill chef reads it out and then people cook the food and then there's no plate. Then the service doesn't get delivered. Yeah but I understood in detail after a number of years, the entire process. And what I found out is that process is a secret. Like there's, there's, there's gold in process and the detail of process because a world-class process and an average process, those two things, they turn out much different value propositions. And so I became obsessed with understanding the process and the detail. Mm-hmm. And so I just looked for that in every aspect of life. 
And then what I've found is a series of patterns that are based on process. And my life has been so so diverse that I've been exposed to everything from criminal processes (laughs) to entrepreneurial processes, which are actually pretty close. There's only a thin line between them. Um, (laughs) Everything from the process to to turn out a Cobb schnitzel with salad and fries um, to the process to do this, to do this, to do everything that we do today. And I think that's the thing. But I've been able to fully resolve and reconcile my creative self mm-hmm. with my pragmatic and process-driven self. And that's what makes me different. Mm-hmm. That's why I can get results. Yeah, and there's very few people who can do that. Very, very few people. Yeah. Um, you talk about children or kids losing the ability to, or have lost the ability to dream. Is there a universal process to teach kids how to dream? I don't know, that's one thing I'm working on right now. They know how to dream. We just got to keep them connected to their dreams mm. and got to help them turn their dreams into reality, into a version of reality, because we can't all be spacemen, right? But just to step it back from there and have a look at the process. We could be someone in mission control. We could be somebody that's running one of the computers in mission control. We could be the guy that pumps the tires on the vehicle that pulls the rocket out to the spa, you know, to the launch pad. Like if you look at the process, there's actually a place for so many people in um, you know, the business of space exploration, which is so exciting, but the guys are doing here. And it's the same for everything. So if we can capture, preserve, and enable the dreams into tangible versions of reality for young people, I think that's so much more compelling than going, Y'all hope, here is um, <clears throat> a finite number of options for your life. You have a propensity towards these types of skills, so you could be any one of those things. Hooray, celebration. Like that's the system because the prevailing system dictates the opportunity in the world. Mm. That's what it was. It was the industrial age. They were turning out people like they created public schools yeah. so they could have more people to work on production lines. Mm. And so technology is the dominant force. You know, we're the age of technology right now. And so we're turning out more and more people to be the blue collar workers, like coders, of the technology age. And so those are the kind of systems we talked about just while we're off camera. Like, uh, how do you change the system from inside? I don't think you do. Too hard. Create your own system, play in your own terms. Yeah, but, but when education is the biggest system out there, what do you do? I want to take a sideways step here. And <coughs> education is probably one of the, the most broken systems that we've got. How do we, we can't say that we go and develop our own system there. Why not? Why hasn't anyone done it? I don't know. We'd have to it's ask the people that have been dealing with it. I don't know. Because you haven't got into it yet. <coughs> I'm not going <laughs> to put that loftier. Um, mantle on myself, but um, it's broken. Yeah, because so look at it, bro. Look, 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 let's just talk about that for a second, right? <clears throat> like my own people, Maori people, um, we top all the negative statistics for unemployment, for incarceration, for mm-hmm. obesity, you know, for um, participation in tertiary education, for gaining the uh, qualifications to participate in tertiary education, for fin- finishing fucking high school. Like, we, we're, the, we're the champs of 
that shit. Yeah. That system has not changed for decades, mm. and it's getting the same outcome. So if you want us to, like we're gonna change it by five degrees and it's gonna be different, that's not gonna be different, bro. It has to fundamentally be replaced. Because it's fucked. You just said it. Yeah. Who does that start with? Starts with you. Starts with me. Starts with her. Like anything. It starts with a decision and it starts with one person taking action in their life. If you agree with it and you think it's fucked, do something about it. If you're just going to stand on the sideline and not do anything, cool. You just subscribed your life to be that. And that if that's you and for whatever reason, you choose to live like that. I'm not bagging on you, but that's your lot now. There's certain facts and truths that come with it. And my version of that is like, there's massive risk associated with me trying to perpetuate that system. Mm -hmm. But like I said, fuck bro, I'm gonna die in pursuit of some shit. I ain't just gonna, like, I'm in a position to do something. I'm just not gonna waste my breath on blowing wind that, ooh, that's so bad. Oh, that's yeah. so rubbish. She's so rubbish. He's so rubbish. Yeah. Doesn't work. What does that do? Nothing. Yep. Um, <clears throat> that's a vicious cycle though, right? Because the people that are in the system, so locked into the system, need to be able to get out of the system, to think differently, to be able to go ahead and go and change the system, or even question the people that can change the system. And that's why I said there's people, very few people like yourself who are so unreasonable in the sense that they can think outside of that. Um. That's the thing, like you nailed it on the head. And it's basically what I described as the reason why, why I'm different, is the, be a, uh, the ability to be able to think. Yeah, outside like, of that system. Yeah, well just think, like, why do I have to accept this? Ask yourself questions. Why is it like this? When you begin to ask those questions and you inquire, you begin to understand. Mm. And then you can make informed decisions for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. But like we are, we're indoctrinated into a system. And that system tells us like, this is success, right? And um, this is how you should think about these things. Well, for bros like you and me, um, that system is not set up for that. That system is set up for the people that dominate that system, which is not. We are disadvantaged by that system. Mm. People don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. Mm. Because of the color of our skin and because of our ethnic background. That system, like every system is designed to, to, to work it for the benefit of somebody, right? Every system. If you're ordering a fucking McDonald's hamburger, the system is to the benefit of you, the purchaser, so you can purchase your cheap, consistently tasting good burger all of the time. But all of those systems are set to benefit people. But when you look at the stats, and I'm not even being a radical, I'm just going, look at the data. Yeah. The data tells us the system does not work. Mm. So why does the system prevail? Why is the system consistently still here? It doesn't work for those people. But you know, getting shit done is hard, bro. It's really hard. And I think that's the real question. Like, how do you build your own system? How do you enable it? Like, how do you wage war against that prevailing system? When it's actually, and that's the fearful part, and that's a bit that people get confused about, is that, you know, people that are much more powerful than us, more influential than us, um, 
make those decisions that determine um, you know, who can play and how they play and how they participate. And, and things can be shut down overnight. Um, smart initiatives, incredible people, just by a phone call to the right person or to the right pressure or to the right media channel or to the right. And so I understand knowing all those things, why the system doesn't change, bro. Yeah. And that's the reason why. When you ask, why hasn't it changed? Because that's why. It's fucking extraordinarily difficult. Yeah. It's extraordinarily difficult. Um, and it's not even like, I just want to stop, stop talking about myself. It's about the group of people that you gather around you that are equally as committed to your vision and your dream, you know, your collective vision and dream to make that change in the world. And like, they don't all come in like that. They don't come in like, like some of them just looking for a job mm. and that's all good. Mm. But when you come in here and you feel what we're about, you'll vibe with it or you won't. And if you don't, you'll be gone. We won't fire anybody, but you just like, oh, this place is crazy. Intense, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that guy's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> so you have to, as a leader, be cognizant and aware of how you um, bring people on that journey with you. Don't know if I answered the question. No, absolutely, you did. <laughs> you did. Um, on that, on that, as a leader, um, being aware. How did you develop your self-awareness? Because it seems to me, looking from the outside, you're incredibly self-aware. How did you develop that? Is there a, what's your process? I don't know, bro. On the street, through failure. Um, if you're going to achieve anything in life, whether it's just walking down the dairy to get a bottle of milk or creating a platform like Monarchy or like Choice or like small business day coming up in a, in a month or so, you have to be aware. Um, I went to university. I went to um, <laughs> I went to Auckland University. I didn't last long. I'm a dropout. <laughs> and uh, but I went to one lecture, <clears throat> and it's the only thing that's really stuck with me. And it was kind of the thing that kept me there for a little bit longer. And it was around communication. And, the, and there's this, this, this one lecturer, I don't even remember what he said, uh, who he was, but he said the quality of your relationships is determined by the quality of your communication. And I think that's just a, it's a massive, massive key. Um, as a leader and as somebody that wants to create, create change. Because um, if you're not communicating in the way that that person needs to be communicated to because mm -hmm. you're different hope's different mm -hmm. pj's different mm -hmm. <clears throat> then it's not going to resonate they won't connect to it so you have to have self-awareness just to be able to communicate yep. and if what he said was true that the quality of my relationships is dictated by the quality of my communication that means i have to be ultimately aware of my communication so i can so i like <clears throat> if someone asked me what my superpower is it's i can sit in a room and I can listen to like four different conversations at once. I can process them all while, while they're happening and I can talk and process and all those conversations at, at the same time um, because I've fostered that ability and that to be able to listen and then to be able to be aware of the information that I'm receiving and then communicate at the same time to different groups of people or different individuals in the same room in a way that will speak to them but speak to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. 
but I don't think you answer the question, I mean, you, you answer the self-awareness question. And the next question has to be, how did you learn, or where did you learn your communication skills from? Just like on the street, bro. Yeah, but what does that mean? <clears throat> Just like, I'm walking down the street, I see a big gangster boy coming towards me. I know that if I put my head up and I look at him the wrong way or any way, Game over. he's gonna smash me. Mm -hmm. That's communication. Like that, as a real brutal example of it, right? Um, like social situations that I grew up in where the line between social celebration and violence is really, really thin and can change so you in a moment. you have to learn it really quickly or, or else. Bro, you have to like perceive what's yeah. happening around and like no one shit's gonna go bad. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of like that observation because that communication is the, like input is information, output is communication. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and so like it's that input of um, info yep. and data yep. that enables me to be able to communicate. But so I learned that, that's what I mean on the street. Mm. Like, and to be able to see a situation unfolding. And now it's the same in business. Because you see, like, when you come up tough, like, you see every, the, the best and the worst of humanity. It's like Once We're Warriors. I hate that fucking movie because it's just so real. Oh, really? And one minute everyone's kissing and laughing and hugging, and the next minute poor lady's getting the shit beat out there. Like, <clears throat> that's all about communication, bro. It's, and like, but it, when you see all those ranges of personalities, when you come into the business world, business people are simple, bro. It's like way simpler mm. than the complexities of the street. street. Way, way simpler, bro. You're just about money. And you're about your ego and you're about your position. And if I massage these things, you're my friend. Yeah. And if I threaten those things, you're my enemy. Yeah. Well, this is just, that's 101. <laughs> The problem is that half of the gangsters haven't been able to interpret that into legitimate business. Um, and like, I'm not talking down about any of that, but that's just the, how people's lives roll out. It's how you and where you get to apply your thing. And I've just been lucky in a lot of regards, like lucky to be alive. So. Yeah, I know you have your, um, your foundation, what you call the foundation. <coughs> yep, yep. Is that, is that you giving back and you're trying to go back and teach that sort of thing too? Yeah because I don't really believe in the educational system yep. and it's not an educational scholarship. It's a scholarship that identifies a person that has um, incredible character, like Lachey Edmonds, who's the first recipient. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know her story, but um, Lachey uh, lives independently. That means um, she raises herself. She lives in, uh, she lived last year in a hostile situation. She, um, pays for her own school fees and her own transport and her own food and everything yep. because she works in the supermarket immediately after school until closing time. Wow. Pays for her bus fee to get out to her. Like she supports herself and she's a solid student. She could be an exceptional student if she was offered and afforded all the other luxuries there, just normal shit, mm. but she's not. But like when we applied and I just, her application made me cry, man. Holy heck, and she's so humble. And it's like hard to get her to take help. But the thing where she broke me was she's like, you know, she said, um, you know, I had accepted 
that like I wasn't going to be able to go any further in my life. But when I saw your scholarship and what it was for, <clears throat> I felt like that it just gave me a chance, just gave me hope that I, might, I could do this. And I really believe that she would have gone on without it because she's just got such an exceptional character. But to be able to not only just give her the grant, but to connect her to incredible humans that are now helping her on her journey, it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing. Mm. It, like, we have to give back. We have to go back to those places that were transformative in our lives because of the very unique circumstances that an environment that existed inside of them and and um, try to help try to help people to just get that little hand up that we maybe had not yeah <coughs> I was talking to one of my bros hadn't seen him for years and he just popped up on um, Facebook He'd taken himself off social media, so he was talking through his wife's Facebook account on Messenger. <laughs> like, hey, bro, it's me. Saw that stuff you did back down in Melville. It's like, that was awesome, bro, because we were at that school together. Right. <clears throat> I told him what we were doing, and I told him about our why, and I told him that it just, it's about, you know, we were so full of hope, and we had dreams, and, and not all of us got to live them. Mm -hmm. And so this was about, like I said to him, it's about helping those kids that were like us, bro. That's what it's about. It's <clears throat> incredible. Um, I don't want to act like it's part of a grand plan, though, bro. Like, I literally decided to do that on a, just like on a whim. Yeah. Well, it seems to be working for you, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, is, uh, what does success mean to you? What does it look like? Change. Change. Mm -hmm. When I was young, it was about money. Yep. When I'm now in, in my life, it's about people. Yep. That's it. Success is about helping and enabling people to live the life that they desire or show them a way out of the circumstances that they're in to live the li life that they aspire mm. for. That's success. I used to wonder why, like, all my heroes were like... I wa like, I watched Gandhi, the movie, right? Um, what was his name? Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Ben. Like I watched that, like that movie just, you know, just a small man. I know it's not an accurate depiction of his life. I don't know what it is. It's, it's definitely Hollywood version, but you know, that, that, that man, his diminutive stature, but the amount of power and influence that he, that he held by putting the, the hope of others ahead of his own. Mm. Um, and like all those people, whether it's MLK or whether it's Malcolm X or whether it's Mother Teresa, yep. um, whoever it is, uh, those those people really, really inspire me. Yeah, I hope, I dream that one one day my life can be measured in in the same type of manner. Not that I will ever do anything like they have done that mm -hmm. level of impact, but. That's how I would measure success. Uh, yeah. Well, I think you're having incredible impact, so. Thank you, bro. <laughs> like I said, I'm not really aware of it, but yeah. it's only when I get chance. Like, this is reflection for me. Like, I haven't had this conversation with anybody. Mm. So this is reflection for me. Um, do you read? Nah. 
audiobooks? No. I buy a lot of audiobooks <laughs> and I buy a lot of Kindles yep. and I read a lot of prefaces. That's about it. Okay. The last book I read was Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukov. You know that book? Yeah, I haven't read that one. Amazing book. Amazing book. That was transformative for me. So that, that, that <laughs> confuses me even more, that the, the thing that is Pat McPhee, because I'm a big believer in, in you know, uh, input, right? So I've been, all these people that you've mentioned, I've been saying them for years. Uh, I read a lot, uh, all through audio. I, I, can't, I can't read a physical book. I'm very uh, kinesthetic person, so I need to be moving. Otherwise, I fall asleep. I can't remember the last time I've um, watched a movie at full uh, in the movie theater because I just fall asleep. <laughs> um, so, you know, so I'm always, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, I'm always absorbing all of this stuff. But then for you to, to say that you're not, you're not reading, I'm guessing you watch videos and stuff like that. If no, not, not really. If not, then you're, you're more of a mystery than uh, life support. Bro. Here. Like, I don't need to read a book to understand what's happening in the life. I just need to walk around the street, see people, talk to people, mm. go down into the hood, go back to Fatafata, talk to people here, observe, listen. Like, life's a book, bro. I don't need the insight collected and condensed into something to. Like, I know there's incredible lessons in yeah. those books. Um, but I'm a bit like, yeah, I probably wouldn't get through it anyway, bro. Like, it has to, like, really capture me. That's why that's the last book that I read. Yeah. Um, but that was maybe four years ago. But, like, there's so much that's just around us. Um, and I'm not knocking reading books, absolutely. Mm. I think it's an incredible practice. Mm -hmm. That's why heaps of people are much smarter than me, because they're really good at reading books and then taking tests and, like, doing stuff. <laughs> but, but that's just not me. That's just not me. I don't. I used. No, I didn't. I used to read like, <laughs> <laughs> like not a, like any great to any great depth. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I will, if I want to learn about a subject though, I'll go. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then when I get to this, like, okay, there's somebody that's an expert in this. Yep. Then I'll just stop there. Yeah, that's you. You the mystery of Pat McPhee and oh, and no. his success just <laughs> continues to deepen. So. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, on the flip side of uh, success, what does failure look like to you? Failure is to um, not be there as my children grow, mm -hmm. to not be a positive influence in their life. Um, failure is to sit by and let bad people do bad shit yep. and not say anything. Um, yeah. There's so much that we let just slide, yep. you know? I think if we actually, one thing that I like, I've, I think I have a lot of tolerance, but one thing that I struggle was when, when people tell me they wish they had said something. Mm. Oh, you know, and they said this, and then I said, I said, did you say that? And they go, no, nah, but I wish I did. And I'm like, man, your life would be different if you just said, what you had in your heart yeah. and in your mind to say. Is that something you always do? It's something that I've learned to do, yeah. Because so much gets um, transmitted and enabled in the detail of communication that you have to really listen because if you don't check some shit that goes by, that's actually, that could be just like number 999 little cut mm. on the way to the thousandth cut that kills you. And so 
Um, people who know me, my business partners, people that I interact with, they, they, I don't know why they keep on trying, but they try. They'll be like, da 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 da, and they'll try to hide a detail and like a, just like rattling off a list of shit. <laughs> I'll be just like, whoa, whoa, whoa did, did you go back? Is there anyone you want to call out in particular? Or? <laughs> no. Some, sometimes I don't call it out, but I know. <laughs> but I don't wish that I'd call it out. Yeah. I just know. Yeah. And so. I'm sure they know you know as well. Yeah, they do, but good on them for giving a nudge. <laughs> yeah. But I just think, like, if you don't call it, then that's not their bad, that's your bad. So, and like, like you said, unreasonable. Like I said, like, um, in all the work that we do, I always talk to our team, like, don't compromise. Nothing great ever came from creatively in our creative pursuit from creative compromise. <laughs> yeah. It's black, it's white, it's black, it's white. No, we're gonna make it gray. Yeah. Gray? Don't compromise. I don't. Like, I know that there are compromises that people arrive to when, um, you know, there are human lives on the line, and that's very different. But in my, in my personal life, it's, if it's a belief or if it's something that we stand for as an organization, until the facts and the data accumulate to tell me that this is the case otherwise, mm -hmm. I'll stand on that. Um, you, I, I get I get chills every time you start to speak, and, uh, and um, just you the, are the, the, a few holes <laughs> in the roof above you, bro. You are an incredible, incredible human being, um, and I and I wish I could spend all day with you, but I want to be respectful of your time. Um, before I ask my last question, I've got a little um, segment that I call, well, I think I don't know what I'm calling it yet, but I think I'm going to call it five for five. So basically, it's a list of five questions, mm. and the number of questions is the number of answers that I need from you. So question number one, I need one answer. Question number two, two answers, and so on and so forth. I didn't do well at math. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll walk you through it. <laughs> so question number one, uh, give me one of your favorite quotes. Hmm. You can be lose belief in um, everything else in the world, but never lose belief in yourself. Yeah. Nice. That is my uh, dad. Your dad? What was your dad's name? Eric. And he had not been a part of my life, and he's not a big part of my life. But besides that, he was an absent father. Yeah. Still good advice. You gotta take it where you can get it from, right? Wherever. Yeah. Question number two, two goals for 2021. Two goals for 2021. Um, I have so many, but I'm just trying to pick two. Mm. Um, I think number one would be to help two people um, with my foundation this year. Yep. I did one last year. I just think that stuff's just like personal accountability and action. You say you're gonna do something like help one, mm -hmm. help two. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be huge all the time. And number two, just continue to be hopefully a good dad for my kids. 
All the stuff is just stuff. Those are my biggest. It's what really matters. Yeah. I'd like it, but it's not like, it's my, like if I'm not impacting the lives of people and my children, my, my own family, yep. like this stuff doesn't matter. Question number three, characteristics, so three characteristics of a successful person. Uh, mongrel. You've got you to define that. Mongrel. Uh, gee, that's hard to define. <laughs> <laughs> Is it grit? Is it not giving nah, a fuck? Is it? It's more grimier than grit. It's like... Um, Yeah, how would you, no one's ever asked me to define <laughs> mongrel. Like you think of like um, analogies like a, a mongrel dog, right? Really, like, and, and they're bits of everything. And so they're far more resilient than a normal mm. dog, and, um, less susceptible to virus and disease. And they're just like tough as an old boot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's a quality in them that makes them virtually impossible to destroy. Mm. And in your effort to destroy them, they will exact a toll from you on the way through. And you will probably <laughs> not be successful. Yep. Mongrel. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. We're gonna add that to the dictionary. <laughs> um, what was that, what did I say, sir? So, mongrel. I said mongrel. <laughs> um, I said self-belief, because self that's, that's the quote. And yep. Do I have to give you three? Three. Um, love. Love? Love. Like, if you, if you don't have the capacity to love, um, then I don't believe that you can really, like, do something truly meaningful. Like, if you can't find, um, even in the worst bloody person, you know what I mean? Or in the situation, or in the midst of the darkness. Mm. Like, love, man. Yeah. Number four, four things that you're grateful for. Um, I'm, I'm grateful that I, that I have a wife and I have two children. Mm -hmm. um, because kids also my children are IVF children because um, when I got cancer I, I um, course, pretty much yeah. Yeah, lost the ability to have children but I was really lucky bro because um, when the operation that I had and they removed my testicle and then when the scar tissue healed it healed over the well, one of the tubes that you know releases the sperm and stuff and and because of the treatments that I had everything was pretty much nuked down there anyway yeah um, but then they did a biopsy into my remaining testicle. And you know, like how there's millions of sperm, right? And they found like 12. And they pulled them out and they're like viable sperm. And it was those 12 viable sperm that they then fertilized with my, my wow. wife's egg. And, and then um, eight made it through um, to the stage where they're able to be stored. Yep. And then um, three, developed to be like fully divided and the most viable. Yep. And so we put in the first one and that's my son, Kanoa. 
Uh, the second one, unfortunately, that was unsuccessful. And the third one is Ma'ava Boy Hawaiki. Yeah. So it's really, uh, I have no uh, legacy of my own in my bloodline if it's not for that. Yeah. So that's the one thing that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for my life, bro. Fuck, it's been ups and downs and hard, but I don't know if I'm the same dude making the same impact if I don't haven't lived that life. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yep. I'm just in the, grateful to be in the position to help these people that are part of what we do. Mm -hmm. And um, I always say this to somebody, particularly Maori, Polynesian, people of other ethnicities, indigenous peoples. Um, when I reach out and just like doing this, like this for me is just part of a central belief that I have that we all rise, like we all rise. I come up, you come up, bro. Yeah. I, you, we all rise. And um, that level of unity, I think, if we can perpetuate greater levels of unity in each other, mm -hmm. when you go up, when you blow up, grab that bro, grab that sister, grab this person, let's go. Take them with you. Like we all rise, we yeah, all rise, sure. we all rise. Yep. Is that one more? That? One more. What's the subject again? <laughs> what you're grateful for. Oh, grateful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'm really grateful for the ability to, to think different, just to see the world different. Um, I know that, that the perspective that I have is unique, um, and I'm thankful that I've cultivated that ability to be able to think in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Otherwise, I'm nowhere. And the final one, uh, before I ask my last question, is um, just to line the mood a bit, five of your favorite artists. They could be in music, could be in the art world, could be just five of your favorite artists. There's a couple that I um, vibe with recently, New Zealand artists here. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Zoe Hall. And she's got um, two big works in the, the room. The murals in there? Yep. yep. She's really cool. I love the powerful depiction of wahine that she does. Um, there's another bro, um, Paura from Paura's Prince. Got to go check out his mahi. He does these really cool um, collage things. So those guys, he's amazing. Um, so other artists. I think um, uh, I like young Ka Kanye. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Man, I thought that not, not into his new stuff. I'm just not into him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But young Kanye seemed like he was actually going to change the change world if he was going to be sure. that dude yeah. still. But then it's all keeping up with Kanye and it all got <laughs> twisted and went, yeah. went a bit wrong. Yeah. Um, I love the bro, uh, what's his name, Warren, um, Warren Maxwell, uh, local recording artist. He just got a beautiful, soulful voice um, that does it for me. I love him. And then... Last one. Last one. Um... Think of an artist that I really vibe with. Musician. 
Oh, yeah, I, I got a shout out to my boy, Machu Walters, man. Love 660. Oh, I just got so much respect for those. Not only are they just an epic group, but just like their whole approach to the music business mm -hmm. is amazing. Like, it's mm. a business for them. Yeah. And, like, they got it on lock, bro. Yeah. You know? When they getting the, t the, the mother's cut on the bar and on the merch and on the tickets, and they pick and choose who they do their albums yeah, with, yeah, yeah. and then they just create this amazing music. Yep. Like that's the that's the model that I think all young aspiring artists mm. should follow. Yeah, I watched the um the documentary or the movie recently, and it's yeah incredible. So good, eh? So so good. Yeah, bro had a big. Do you reckon he had a big head when he was young? Like his head was <laughs> yeah, he disproportionately did. large. He did. To his body. It could have been his hair though that made it look like. <laughs> <laughs> um. And the final question, uh, just to wrap this all up, is who is Pat McPhee in essence? Hmm, who is Pat McPhee in essence? I don't know, I never really, really thought about the answer to that question, but what are the qualities? Maybe chaotic, orderly. <laughs> um, creative, hopeful, helpful, human. Just make mistakes. Yeah get shit wrong, celebrate, laugh, like, yeah, I don't know bro, I didn't have so deep shit to give you chills on that, but just <laughs> like, I'm a work in progress brother. Well I think it's a work in progress that makes you so relatable and impactful. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you so much for uh, being on the show, it's been, uh, it's been a journey, it's been incredible and an honour to be able to speak with you. Thank you, bro. Thank you so much. Can I give you a hug? Yeah, man. <laughs> mm.